Become a Leslie's Pro member, and with almost a 1,000 locations conveniently located less than 3 miles from your service route, you can quickly get in and out and take care of your customers. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of the podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and the Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Welcome to this week's edition of the Pool Guy Show. Today I'm going to go through a step-by-step list of what I do when I service the pool. I filmed a video on this a couple years ago um, called Servicing Your Pool Step-by-Step. But in this podcast, I'm going to kind of unpack each of the steps that I uh, show you in that video. If you're looking for the best app available to automate your billing, organize your pool route, notify your customers, and track your repairs, go to useaquasuite.com. AquaSuite has been built by the pool industry professionals for the pool industry professionals to give us the tools we need to get the most out of our business. Tell them you heard about it on the Pool Guy podcast show for an exclusive offer when you sign up. So the first thing that I'll do when I get to an account is to make sure everything is running correctly, nothing weird is happening. Um, You'll notice right away if there's a problem with the pool right when you get back there in most cases. For instance, if the pool has been not been running all week, you can pretty much tell by looking at it there's a lot of surface debris, or sometimes the pool cleaner will come loose in the pool and the pump will be sucking air. Things like that that are pretty obvious you want to address right away. Uh, but other than that, after you make your initial assessment, the first thing I always do is check the water chemistry of the pool. And the reason I do this first is if you don't do things in a certain order, you may forget to do certain things while you're out there, especially if you have, you know, 14 or 16, 18 stops a day and you're just going from one to the other. If you don't do things in a specific order, um, you're going to forget to do something and that could potentially be a problem uh, for sure, If it's, especially in the summertime if you forget to check the chemicals and forget to add chemicals. So I always check the chemicals first in the pool and there's various test methods that you can use. Um, you can use the Taylor test kit, which I like, um, the K2005. If you want to get an in-depth uh, testing of a pool, you can use the Color Q Pro 7. Now, a lot of guys will use test strips. I'll use those in the wintertime also. You get a ballpark, and I'll use them in the summertime to get a ballpark of the pool. And these are a great way to get a quick assessment of the levels in the pool. So whatever uh, test kit or testing method that you prefer to do, you definitely want to do that and get a reading of the pool. And then you can calculate what to add. Um, if you're using the Taylor kit, there's a little booklet in there. There are a lot of apps available online. I like the poolcalculator.com, and you would just type in the numbers, uh, the pool size, and then it'll give you the calculation of how much uh, chlorine to add, how much acid to add, how much base to add. And there are a couple other uh, apps you can use. You can uh, find these apps actually on my app, the SPL app. You can download this app on my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and I have three different uh, apps inside my app that will allow you to calculate the levels in the pool. So it's kind of a handy way to they do it um, by using my app. Again, that's the um, SPL app that I created. And also from the app, you can access my podcast. You can access my YouTube videos, my blog articles, and I have links for other helpful things besides uh, chemical calculators. 
Now I know some guys will add the chemicals right away after testing the water. You could do this as long as you do it in order and don't uh, get out of order of how you want to set things up. So and you can also do things in different orders. You don't have to test the chemicals first in the pool. I just find this the most convenient thing to do while I'm there before I start cleaning the pools is do the initial testing. And then I will add the chemicals before I leave the account versus right after I do the testing. And there's several reasons for this. The main reason is um, I tend, again, I've been doing this for a long time and I, I've always added the chemicals last so I haven't really changed the order of things. And another thing is, if, let's say you have to backwash the filter or something and you already added the chlorine to the pool, you, you could be wasting some product there. And if you're adding tablets to the pool, you have to go to the equipment and get them. So I find to do that last because while I'm going to check on the equipment in my next, in my next steps, um, I'll grab the tablet if I need to put a tablet in or anything. Or if I need to backwash the filter, I'll do that. So I do that all before I add the chemicals to the pool. That's why I add them last to the pool. Um, it seems to work out better for me that way and I always remember to add them before I leave. Um, so that's a good a good method to do I think and if you're starting out and you're learning a method again just keep everything the same at every single account that way you don't forget any of these steps. So I like having the pool running while I am at the account. So I'll set the customer's timers to coincide with the time that I'll arrive at their service account. So for instance, if I'm going to be at a at a customer's house at 9 a.m., the pool equipment is already running before I get there. I'll set the pool to come on at 8 in the morning and turn off at you know 2 or 3 in the afternoon. And I prefer running the pools during the daytime. It's better for the water. I really discourage customers from running their pools from, say, 10 p.m. till 6 in the morning. Uh, there's a number of problems with that. Number one, the water's not being circulated at the peak time of the day when it needs to be circulated, which is in the afternoon or mid-morning, afternoon, depending on your area and when the sun hits the pool. Another problem is you don't know if there's going to be a problem late at night with the pool. You don't know if there's a leak or if the pool's not priming. So running the pool late at night when you're not there to observe the equipment is just really a bad idea, and I really discourage that. I don't have any of my customers running their pools overnight. When they tell me that they want to save electricity by running their pools overnight, I really tell I discourage that by telling him that you know you would lose more money if there was a problem and you no one was there to notice it. And if they really wanted to save money, they can invest in a variable speed pump and run it at a lower RPM during the day versus running the pool at night. And I guess since I mentioned the variable speed pumps, a little tip for you if you have a variable speed pump is to set a low setting of say 1500 RPMs, which is about 120, 130 watts of electricity, like having um, a couple light bulbs on in your house and I would run that particular program as long as I could maybe 10 14 hours a day yeah, and that way the water circulating all the time and then I would run a high-speed program at say 2600 rpms for another four or five hours um, all together that's like one hour or two hours of running your standard pool pump so the longer you run run your variable speed pump the better it is for the pool and I, I discourage people from running the variable speed pump for a short period of time because even though you you're saving a lot of energy off off up front anyway you're not running it at the full 3450 rpms and so there's no reason not to run it it'll just give you a, a better water quality and it'll just circulate the pool all day long so just a little tip there you want to run your variable speed pump as long as you can all day long in the summer so let me go back to what I was talking about here. So I like having the equipment on when I get there so I can see any problems. 
if I notice the pump is not primed or there's a, a leak somewhere in the equipment, I'm able to spot it right away because the pump has been running for you know half an hour to an hour already before I get to the stop. So it's a good idea to have the pump running during the time you're doing your service. And besides that, it also will allow you to add the chemicals to the pool and not worry about having to set the timer. Um, it's already running at that time for you. So if you do need to set the timer, of course, if you have an automated system that you're at, you can put it in timeout mode. That'll run the pump for three hours. Just let the customer know what the timeout mode means on their screen inside the house because you'll definitely get a call from a customer saying that the pool's not working and it's just in timeout mode. If you have an intermatic timer, you can put an extra off tripper on there and it'll turn off the pump um, after the three-hour period. I have a few pumps that I have where I keep an extra off tripper on there in case I need it when I add chemicals to the pool. But generally speaking, if you're running the pool, you know, six, ten hours during the time that you're actually there, there's really no need to put in timeout mode or to set an extra tripper on the timer because the equipment is running while you're adding the chemicals. So the next step is to go over by the equipment area and check the equipment to make sure everything's running correctly and there's nothing weird going on, any noises from the pump or any valves in the wrong position. A lot of times you'll find the problem right away if you get to the account and the equipment is running. You'll see water leaking around the pump area, or you'll see a valve that was left partially open. So it's important to inspect the equipment at every time you go to the pool. You never want to get to an account and service it without turning on the pump and circulating the water and checking everything. I know sometimes uh, some guys will just get to an account and do a quick survey and clean the pool, but they won't bother turning on the equipment. But that's really crucial that you turn it on every time you visit the stop to make sure everything is running correctly. So while you're by the equipment, now's a good time to check the pump basket and empty the pump basket. So if the pool is on, go ahead and turn it off. And then you'll empty the pump basket out and clean it. Then you will fill the pump with water. The wet end is what we call it, or the pump pot. And then you will start the pool up again. Uh, you want to make sure you add water to the pump or you could have problems. If you have a, a Pentair filter with the large air relief on top, you can open that up and that'll let air into the pump then you put the lid on quickly and you always want to check the o-ring to make sure it's uh, okay in good working order a lot of the times you won't be able to get the pump lid back on if the o-ring is worn out so I try to minimize the amount of times I open the pump I use a filter sock or skimmer sock filter saver in this in skimmers uh, baskets where there's a lot of uh, particle surface debris I also use an inline canister with any kind of suction side cleaner to prevent anything from going in the pump. And if you want, um, I have a basket that I invented called the hole-in-one basket. And this was designed for suction cleaners connected at the skimmer. So what you can do with this basket, you can actually put it in your skimmer like a regular basket. But I designed it with a hole in the bottom that will fit the cleaner hose through. And so you'll put the regulator in the skimmer, slide the hose through the basket, and then all the surface debris will be trapped in a basket. So there's no need to to run your pool with a cleaner on, at the skimmer without a uh, skimmer basket in there now with my new hole-in-one basket. And you can order the hole-in-one basket on Amazon.com. You can also order it directly from the website holeinonebasket.com. And you can find out more also on my direct website, swimmingprolearning.com. It's a great way to keep surface debris from entering the pump basket if you have a suction cleaner hooked up at the skimmer. So go ahead and clean the basket at this point and get everything operational and check to make sure that the salt system is working 
and everything, all the lights are on and everything's correct there. Also, if there's a salt water system, and just kind of inspect everything to make sure everything's running well. There's no weird noises or anything happening at the equipment area. And just do a full inspection every week. Again, I like having the pools running when I get there, but sometimes um, it may not be running. So go ahead and turn on the pool at this time and let it run while you're there servicing the pool. And that way you can see any kind of problems. Um, you'll notice any kind of leaks or any kind of weird things happening um, while you're servicing the pool with the equipment on. So um, that's the steps I take at the equipment area to check that. So step one is checking the chemistry. Step two is checking the equipment, emptying out the pump basket. And then when you go on to step three, which is cleaning the pool, you definitely want to empty the skimmer basket. I tend to do this first before I start anything. If I'm not going to manual vac with the system, I will still uh, empty the skimmer basket out first. That way I don't forget to do it. Um, a lot of times you, you'll, uh, if you get out of your routine, you'll clean the pool and then you'll leave there thinking if you clean the skimmer basket or not and you can't remember. So before I start cleaning the pool, I actually clean out the skimmer basket, put it in my leaf rake and dump the debris out. Um, you definitely want to do that first so you don't um, get out of the steps out of order. And then you'll start cleaning the pool in the next step. And so step one was checking the chemicals, of course eyeballing to make sure everything is running correctly. And step two is checking the equipment area, make sure everything is running, checking the filter PSI to make sure you don't need to backwash it or do anything there, and just to check for any kind of problem. So right there's uh, the first two steps. Okay, now the next step is you want to clean the pool. So you want to assess the pool to see if you have to actually vacuum the pool. Most of the pools on my route have automatic cleaners in them, so I'm not doing a lot of manual vacuuming of the pool. If you're a homeowner and you have a pool without a cleaner, I highly suggest getting some type of cleaner, a suction side cleaner or a body pool cleaner. Um, those are definitely a great choice. And of course, some regions have pressure cleaners. So assess the pool when you get there to see if you have to vacuum the pool with your manual vacuum. And if you do service for a living, you definitely want to invest in a vacuum system. You can uh, order a Riptide, you can order the Power Vac, the Hammerhead the bottom feeder, any of those four vacuum systems would be a great choice. I just had one of the guys in my group finally decide to order one. Um, he does service in Las Vegas and he was just struggling with his pools uh, this week because of the winds. So he went ahead and ordered a Riptide. And if you join my coaching group, you get $100 off the Riptide when you order it. A little plug there for the Riptide. Um, but any of those vacuum systems would be a great choice. Um, it'll just save you time. It'll give you another option when you're cleaning a pool besides manually vacuuming the pool. So if there's a lot of leaf debris in the pool or if the pool doesn't have a lot of dust in there, um, the vacuum system will save you a lot of time on your route. Of course, when it gets windy, the vacuum system is essential um, to getting you in and out of the pool without spending an hour there cleaning it up. So definitely it's a worthy investment if you do service. If you're a homeowner and your pool gets a lot of debris in it every week, um, you may want to consider buying one of these vacuum systems. You don't need the cart per se, but you can buy the vacuum head and the bat battery um, box and just have one of these at your pool side. It's about the same price as a premium robotic pool cleaner. And I would recommend getting the vacuum system over getting a robotic pool cleaner. You would just have to manually vacuum your pool um, when it gets dirty, but um, if you never use one of these things, it's just really night and day. I mean, it just sucks up the debris and the dirt really well. And you can get bags that filter down to as low as 60 microns. 
Um, the bottom feeder is a cleaner that I really like, and he just came out with a cartridge that you could put on top that will filter down to 20 microns. So it's basically like uh, vacuuming with a cartridge filter on top of it. So it's a great uh, way to keep the pool clean without having to actually manually vacuum the pool with the system vac and the hose and putting everything in the pool. Um, so definitely um, look into investing in one of those systems. They're, they're a great, great way to keep a pool clean. So I get asked this question a lot. Should you brush the pool walls first or should you vacuum the pool? And I'm going to tell you the steps that you should follow right here. The first thing you want to do is spray some diluted uh, dish soap or tile soap onto the surface of the pool. This will kind of get all the dirt uh, over to the sides of the pool and it'll let you to see the bottom of the pool a lot better. It'll cut the glare down. I highly recommend getting polarized sunglasses to wear out there. You can actually see through the sun glare of the pool and see the bottom and be able to see everything that you're doing out there. So again, polarized sunglasses are a great way to see the bottom of the pool really well. So spray the top with some soap and then um, I would skim around the pool at least twice. Anything that will fall to the bottom will fall to the bottom at this time. Then you would scrub the tiles really quick with some tile soap. And then you would vacuum the pool, either with the manual vacuum or with the system vacuum, like the Riptide uh, vacuum system. You don't want to brush the pool before you vacuum. I know that um, there's a misnomer here that you brush the pool and then the dirt will settle down and you'll vacuum the pool. Um, this really doesn't work effectively. Once you brush the walls of the pool, you're going to stir up the dirt and it'll take more time for it to settle to the bottom than it would take you just to vacuum the pool and then bring the manual vacuum up to the side of the wall as high as you can go or bring your vacuum system up to the side of the wall and vacuum it that way and honestly there's not that much dirt on the walls most of the dirt is on the bottom of the pool but if you do brush the walls down first you're going to stir up all the dirt on the bottom and then you have to wait you know 20 or 30 minutes for it to settle back down um, to vacuum effectively so you can't brush the pool walls and then vacuum right away it's just not going to be effective because then the dirt will settle after you leave so you want to brush the pool after you vacuum and the reason why you're brushing the pool is to get anything that you miss and to make it really uniform and clean and you want to brush the sides of the pool to prevent algae growth also so but you can actually if you have good suction in your pool bring the manual vacuum all the way up as high as you can go on the wall and go back down to the bottom and i used the pentair provac it's got weights in it so you can actually bring it up to the sides of the wall no problem if you're using a vacuum system you can really bring the vacuum system up the wall no problem also so there's really no reason to brush the pool walls before you vacuum I don't recommend doing that and it's just a misnomer that it's an effective way to clean the pool I also don't recommend brushing the pool to the deep end from the shallow end and then vacuuming the deep end it's just a waste of time to do that when you could just simply vacuum the whole pool from shallow to deep end and there's no need to brush the pool in one direction I will say if you're doing a pool with in-floor returns, it could be messy to vacuum that kind of pool with a regular manual vacuum because unless you have a way to divert the flow of water, the pop-ups in the bottom of the pool are going to stir up everything. Um, and they're designed so that you don't really have to manual vacuum the pool. All the dirt should be pushed to the main drain and you should be able to brush it through the main drain. But uh, more than not, these in-floor systems aren't working correctly and they're just stirring up the dirt on the bottom of the pool. I have a couple of these on my pool route and thankfully they have attached spas so I can actually put it in spa return and turn off the pop-ups and I can vacuum out the pool if I needed to. 
Um, but I usually use my system vac on those pools anyway, and I leave the equipment off when I vacuum it. And so those are the steps. When you clean a pool, you want to spray some soap on top, dilute it with water. You want to skim it a couple times, get all the surface debris or anything that would fall to the bottom will fall at this time. Then you want to scrub the tiles. Then you want to vacuum the pool with your manual vac or your system vac. And then you want to brush the walls down to prevent algae growth or to get any dirt you may have missed. And those are the steps uh, to clean a pool. Okay, so the last step that I do is I'll add the chemicals to the pool. So if there's any algae in the pool and the customer is not using the Pool RX, I'll treat the algae with uh, some sodium bromine and some liquid chlorine. If the chlorine level is low, I'll add a gallon of liquid chlorine to the pool or some shock, depending. And uh, then I'll check. Then I'll adjust the pH uh, down if necessary or up if necessary, and the alkalinity also up or down if necessary. And again, you would adjust the pH uh, down with muriatic acid. I'm not a big fan of the dry acid chemicals to put in the pool to adjust the pH and the alkalinity down. And at the same respect, when you're adding the muriatic acid and bringing the pH down, the alkalinity will also drop with using muriatic acid to the pool. And I cover all of this um, in a separate podcast, all the chemistry levels um, for your pool and how you can raise and lower things. Um, But basically the ideal free chlorine level is 1.5 to 3 parts per million. In the summertime, I'm running my pools from 3 parts per million to 5 parts per million. Some pools are a little even higher if they're getting heavy use. So, But ideally, you want to have at least 3 parts per million in the pool every week. Um, Your bromine, also if you have a spa, should be at 4 to 6 parts per million. The pH should be at 7.4 to 7.8. Total total alkalinity should be anywhere from 80 to 120. Calcium hardness, um, anywhere from 200 to 400. And your cyanuric acid level, anywhere from 30 to 70 parts per million. If you have a salt water pool, your salt level should be at 3,100 parts per million for the salt water generator to work properly. And since I mentioned uh, the salt level in the pool, when you do the equipment check, you want to make sure that the salt generator is actually working and producing chlorine. And that's another reason why I like the equipment on when I get to the account. That way I can see if the salt water generator is actually producing chlorine or if there's a um, error indicator light, maybe it's indicating a dirty salt cell or low salt level. And with the pool running for 30 minutes to an hour, it'll give the salt system plenty of time to activate and to run through its cycle so that it could, um, you can see the actual system is actually working or not. And I'll probably do a follow-up podcast after this one on chemical adding the chemicals to the pool, what to add, in what case, scenario, and things like that for you. So you get a general idea of how much chlorine to add to the pool, how much acid they add, and things like that. So that'll be a separate podcast where I'll actually go over the um, the levels of adjusting the chemistry in the pool after you get the actual readings in the pool to know what to do um, to balance out your water. And so after I add the chemicals of the pool that I need to add, I look at the pool one more time to make sure everything's good. And I have my ears listening to the equipment to make sure that the pump is running correctly, that there's nothing weird going on there also. Um, there have been some occasions where the automatic cleaner hose has a hole in it, and um, I didn't notice it until near the end because when the cleaner is running, it doesn't, that hose doesn't go, come out of the water to the end. 
So those kind of details where, um, you know, with the equipment running for a good 20 minutes while you're there cleaning the pool, you can see things that you wouldn't be able to see if you get there and the pool's off. So um, you want to just make sure that while you're there, you want to keep your ears open for anything strange happening to the equipment. And you definitely want to make sure that you leave the pool clean um, when you're servicing the pool, that you've followed the steps, you check the chemicals, you check the equipment, you clean the pool, you added the chemicals, and you want to make sure that you stay in order so that you don't make any mistakes, forget to do things. I've had occasion where I get a phone call or the customer comes out and chats with me and invariably I'll be out of my routine at that moment and then I'll be driving and I'll be I'll be thinking, did I add the chlorine to the pool? Did I do this? Because I was out of my routine. So stay in your routine and you'll have very few problems. And I guess I'll add one more thing is you don't want to be lazy. So if you need to add chlorine to the pool and you have to walk all the way back to your truck to get a gallon of liquid, but you're thinking, oh, it should be okay for the following week, um, by not going back to your truck and getting that gallon of liquid chlorine to add, um, you're going to hurt yourself because the following week the pool's probably going to have turned on you or the customer had a pool party that weekend or something like that will happen. Um, so you definitely want to make sure that you do go the extra mile and do everything correctly and don't cut any corners and so if you're a homeowner and you're looking for some resources for your pool care you can check out my website swimmingpoollearning.com i have an ebook available and i have a print book and i have a lot of helpful articles there on my website if you do service for a living and you want some more one-on-one help you can definitely join my coaching program you can learn more about that program at uh, poolguycoaching.com and you can get discounts on your general liability insurance and other great discounts. So for as little as 33 cents a day or $10 a month, you can text me and get your questions answered, and I can help you um, with your business questions, your pool care questions, anything that is related to the service. I'll be able to help you out through the coaching program. This podcast has been brought to you by annualpools.com. Annual Pools has been helping pool owners find the right pool parts in 2001. With over 50,000 pool parts in stock, order online today and have the parts delivered right to your door. And the podcast is also brought to you by the Riptide Pool Vacuum System. The Riptide is a powerful vacuum system that will allow you to get large debris off the bottom of the pool rapidly. To learn more about the Riptide, you can visit their website at www.riptidevac.com. So I hope you found this podcast helpful. Have a great rest of your week and God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Real quick, if you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash pool guy. Again, that's getskimmer backslash pool guy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.